Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. We're so glad that you are here on this hump day. Every time, man. Mm-hmm. I like hump day. I know. I know you do. That's why we chose Wednesday. Yeah, it's a good day. It's a good little midweek pick-me-up. Listen to us, your favorite ladies. Listening to some murder. Murder in the morning. Well, it's not really morning. It's afternoon. Okay, well, now it's noon, but we intended to record hours ago. We just had things going on, and we didn't. Yeah, we were supposed to get coffee and record. What the hell happened yeah, to my coffee? You went to fucking breakfast at, like, 9.30. I went at 9. Whatever. We were supposed to record at 9. Well, you weren't awake. Mm-hmm. I texted you, and you didn't answer. I so was awake. I went to breakfast. I was awake. Anyways, uh, anyway. No one wants to hear bickering. We had our one-year anniversary Zoom call last night with some listeners. That was a grand old time. If you weren't there, you missed out. Yeah, you time. sure did. You really missed. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And everybody got t-shirts. Yep. True that, true that. So they're all going to be repping that Weekly Dose of Wicked merch. An exclusive that's not sold on yep. our Etsy shop. That is true. An exclusive t-shirt. But anyway, yeah, we had a lot of fun on our Zoom call. Met some really awesome listeners. Did some fun trivia. You know, listeners got to see us in all of our awkward glory. <laughs> I'm sure Unedited. Uh, our parents were there, who we talk about regularly, so I'm sure that was fun for the listeners. They said they liked them. Yeah. Don't believe them? They said they liked them. <laughs> I don't know. I say I like a lot of things. <laughs> okay. I'm just joking. Mom and Dad will not appreciate that comment. No, they won't. <laughs> they will not. All they talked about is how all they ever do is talk junk about us. Well, you know, whatever. I wasn't talking junk. Anyway, it was a good time, so thank you to those who attended. Was. We'll have, have to, to do, do it again. again. Do it again. Ooh, Jake, real do you want me a Coke? No, I don't. Yes, you do. I'm not in the mood for you today. Be quiet. <laughs> don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Ashley said, what's wrong with you? You're being a little grumpy. Are you hungover? I don't get hungover, so no, I'm fine. Okay. I'm good. I did drink a little too much wine last night, though. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. So rude to me. Anyway, you guys do all the things. I'm not going to beg. You know what to do. Patreon.com, same thing all the time. I mean, go to Patreon.com if you need more content. Uh, You get two episodes a month there. And if we get more Patreons, I mean, we could do more. But it just depends on how many of you are willing to head on over there and sign it up. Like the pages, go to Apple Podcasts. I almost said Apple Music. That'd be weird. Yeah. Actually, Weekly Dose of Wicked is in my Apple Music. Yeah, Every episode is in my music because it downloads it to my music. Oh, no. Just our theme song is in my music. No, all of them. Every episode. And that awkward test where I said, I'm Sierra. Yes. <laughs> That's in my Apple Music. <laughs> anyway, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us ratings and reviews, do all the things. Should we have some um, 
second year resolutions. We should come up with some of those. That would have been fun. What we want to do in year two? Yeah, I don't like resolutions. Okay, goals? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're kind of the same thing, but not really. Okay. Do we want any or no? I mean, what are our goals going to be? You're looking like you're lazy and you don't want to do anything. So I don't know. <laughs> you're like, mm, I don't want to. I don't want to set goals. Well, I don't like to fail. I'm not saying set goals to fail. I'm saying let's like set realistic goals. Right, but then for what year if we don't two, meet them, and then it's sad. Okay. Well, in year one, we hit almost twenty five thousand. So year two, I want to hit fifty. I would like to hit a hundred. Well, like fifty more. So 75. oh, seventy five. That will work. Okay. So year two, let's get fifty thousand downloads. Get us up to seventy five thousand downloads in year two. Let me write down um, these goals. Okay. So we have them. Okay. What else do we want to do in year two? I don't know. Video. Get our video up and running. Get a couch. Get a freaking couch. Or comfortable chairs at least. Yeah. Or accent chairs that are comfortable. I, I, I'm on board with that goal. What else? We currently have 11 Patreons. I want, by the end of year two, 50. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? I don't know. I just don't feel like people like us enough for that. Oh, ye of little faith. I think that's enough. Okay. Don't want to set the standards too high. Okay. 50,000 more downloads, comfortable chairs, couch, accent chairs, something of comfort, Mm -hmm. video, and 50 Patreons. Let's do it. 50 pepperoni Patronis. High five. High five. Air. Can't reach each other over the table. Nope. All right. Well, with that being said, I've got a case prepared for us today. All right. Let's do it. You're all going to hate it. (laughs) Every one of you. Going to hate it. I hate it. Me too. Not looking forward to it. Okay. I couldn't sleep last night just because I knew what the case was. Yeah. I literally woke up every like 30 minutes. I'm sorry. And you know, when I wake up, I got to pace the house. Mm-hmm. I know. Sorry. With a knife in my hand. You do not. You're so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do. You're dramatic. All right. So this week's case. Um, first off, disclaimer. This is a case about a child. So if that isn't your jam, we'll see you next week. We still love you, but we understand. It's not my gym, but here I am. Mm-hmm. So uh, as true crime enthusiasts, I think it's pretty common to have cases that stick with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, it might be because they terrify you or there's just a fact in the case that you could just cannot move past. So I know for Ashley, it was the Delphi murders for a while. Oh, um, it still is. Is it? Okay. I was going to ask, do you still feel that way or has yeah. it helped since they caught the guy that did it? I mean, they have. I mean, it has helped since they caught him, but still like it has been so long. Yeah. They didn't catch him, and, like, it just blows my mind. Right. That Ash- they didn't catch him immediately. Right. That one always bothered Ashley. She's like, I don't understand how they didn't catch him. Like, the girls literally took a video of this guy. Like Everything they, boys, they were supposed to do. And they never caught the guy. They couldn't find him. They did everything that they should have done. Right. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, it did eventually. Him. Right. They caught him. But- right. But it took a long time. Yeah. So, for me, um, that case is Kirsten Hatfield. She has always stuck with me. Uh, ever since I first heard her case. Um, So I first heard her story on Crime Junkie back in 2019, I would say. Um, I think it was probably one of the first true crime podcasts I ever listened to. Uh, Prior to that, I didn't really even, I I don't know what a podcast was. Yeah, Crime Junkie was the first for me too. Yeah, but I think that episode though I'm saying is like one of the first, like that episode aired, I think in March of 2019 which was right when, you know, COVID shut everything down. Like, our entire state got shut down. I, there was nothing was to do. It was 2020. Oh. Maybe I'm a liar then. Yeah, maybe it was March 2020. Liar. Maybe I'm a liar then. 2020 was COVID. Huh. Well, then why did I think that that was the first one? Maybe it was 2020. 
Either way, I listened to it in Maybe 2020. Maybe it aired in 2019, but you yeah. didn't listen Either to way, it Either way, I didn't listen to it until 2020 because I didn't know what a podcast was until COVID shut us down. That's true, because then we had a lot of time on our hands. Yes, this is true. Um, yeah, and I never listened to a podcast before that. But I had a lot of time on my hands. I had nowhere to go. And so I got I ran out of shows to binge. <laughs> and I was like, what else can I do with my life? So then I started listening to podcasts. And I think Crime Junkie was like one of the first ones. I mean, Crime Junkie is definitely the first podcast I ever listened to. Um, but I just remember that Kirsten Hatfield was one of the first episodes. Do you remember the very first episode you ever listened to? No. Do you? Yeah. What was it? <laughs> it was um, Degree's niece. Cousin. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. You told me about it and you were like, hey, I listened to this case and it's his family member and you got to listen to it. It's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't do podcasts. And you're like, come on, just do it. Yeah. And I did. And I was hooked. Yeah. That was the very first. No, I don't I remember the to. first one I ever listened to. And it was Crime Junkie. I mean, it was definitely a Crime Junkie episode, but no, I don't remember the first one. I remember that I like listened and I was hooked and I was like, oh my gosh. And I listened to, I binged. I mean, I was listening to like seven hours of podcasts a day yeah. at that time, if not more. I was listening to while I fell asleep at night. Like, yeah. Nonstop. Anyway, I think the episode aired in March of 2019. I could be wrong. Either way, though, I started listening to it when COVID shut down our home state. I had nothing to do. And yeah, whatever. Anyway, so this case is the reason why. To this day, if I'm suddenly woken up in the middle of the night, I get out of my bed and I walk around my entire house. I check all of my windows, I check all of my doors, and I make sure all of my children are in their beds and that they're breathing. There's actually been a few times where like I've had scares at night because I have gotten up. For those of you that have kids, I don't feel like this is that uncommon, but I have like gotten up and then I like look and I'm like, oh my God, one of my kids is missing. And then I find them like on the floor or like <laughs> just like a random place that they shouldn't be or like on the couch or, you know, like they've gotten up and they've moved. Right. Um, yeah, that happens. Or like getting they get in bed with each other pretty regularly. Like where I'll see like, you know, the big one and the little one's missing. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, just kidding. She's under the blanket next to the big one. <laughs> so anyway, though, this is the reason for that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have kids. I also get up and pace the house, make sure everything's good. And like if your kids spend the night at my house, mm -hmm. I probably wake up 27 times right. to check on them. Yeah. Or I make them sleep in the bed with me and make Tyler sleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. He gets really grumpy. Yeah. So, um, honestly, hearing about Kirsten's disappearance terrified me and broke my heart all at the same time. So, let's go ahead and get into it. Okay. Kirsten Renee Hatfield was born on February 12th, 1989. Kirsten was raised by her mother, Shannon, who had her when she was 18. Um, I didn't find much information on Kirsten's dad. It seems like in the beginning, uh, Shannon tried to have a relationship with him, but it just didn't last. Shannon and Kirsten ended up moving in with Shannon's parents for the first four years of Kirsten's life uh, while Shannon worked to better herself and provide a life for her daughter. I keep having a hard time. I keep wanting to call her Shannon because we talked about Chris Watts last week, yeah. but her name is Shannon. Well, don't call her that. I'm not going to. I'm just having a hard time with like calling her Shannon and calling the other one Kirsten because her name. I want to call them like Shannon and Kirsten. Yeah. Like that's not their names. Anyway. Uh, Shannon and Kirsten ended up moving in with Shannon's parents for the first four years of Kirsten's life while Shannon worked to better herself and provide a life for her daughter. It ends up paying off and Shannon and Kirsten move into an apartment and life is good. Shortly after moving into her own apartment, uh, Shannon meets a man. I couldn't find his name. Honestly, I couldn't find the names of either of Shannon's children's names. I mean, husbands. Hus no, they weren't her Boyfriends. husbands. I couldn't find baby daddies. I couldn't find the names of any of Shannon's children's fathers. There we go. If that makes sense. Okay. So anyway, shortly after moving into her own apartment, Shannon meets this man, can't find his name. Um, I think that they got married, but considering I couldn't find the information, maybe they didn't. Regardless, they had a daughter together. Her name was Faith. 
So Faith was, I think, like four or five years younger. I think she was technically like four years younger, maybe like four and a half years younger than um, Kirsten. Okay. So anyway, they have hate, they have Faith, and the Happy family ends up leaving Oklahoma for a couple of years. But then Shannon returns with her daughters in 1995 when her mother is diagnosed with cancer. So Shannon is now a single mother again, uh, this time to two little girls, and she works hard to provide for them. When Shannon had Kirsten, she dropped out of high school. So since then, she's gotten her GED, and she's really just doing her best to try to provide for her daughters. It's very admirable, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that she really tried to do the best for her daughters. So in 1997, Shannon was um, Shannon moves into a home in Midwest City, Oklahoma, and it seems like it's a fine area. It's like you know, a normal neighborhood. There's other kids there. The kids can play with. The girls are happy. You know, they've got friends they're running around with. Uh, it's a pretty small house. So Kirsten and Faith uh, not only share a bedroom, but they also share a bed. So I'm assuming it's a two-bedroom, a bedroom for Shannon and a bedroom for the girls. Right. I thought that was really sweet that they shared a bed. I know some people probably judge her for like having her kids share a bed, but um, you and I had our own beds as children, and we slept together a lot. Yeah. When we shared a room and had bunk beds, we just used your bed for storage and slept <laughs> on my bed. So <laughs> I mean. Put all of our toys on the top bunk. Yeah. We put all the toys on the bottom bunk and slept on the top bunk. Yeah. Ashley and I slept together on Christmas Eve every year until I moved out. Even after, I would come home to sleep with you on Christmas Eve because it was our tradition because Ashley was afraid of Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) It's a horrible story that a man breaks into your house once a year and watches you all year long. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley was terrified. She was terrified of Santa Claus and I had to sleep with her (laughs) when we were kids up until, I mean. I mean, he is a creepy motherfucker. Yeah. Creepy. I don't like it. Horrible story. I agree. Um, yeah, Ashley's terrified, though. I think the last time we did that tradition, though, Keely was a baby. Because yeah. remember, I like came here and slept in the camper with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you were probably, yeah. what, like 17? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was sweet that they shared a bed. Um, and like I said, even now, like, my kids want to sleep together all the time. So Right, and they have their own beds. I don't see anything wrong with co-sleeping and sleeping, wanting to have someone with you while you're sleeping. Right. Um, I sleep better by myself, but <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, as kids, I see that. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just sure some people judge her for that or have judged her for that, but whatever. Yeah, probably. So on the evening of May 19th, 1997, Shannon put her daughters to bed in their room, not knowing life as she knew it would change forever that day. Shortly after putting the girls to bed, Shannon heard three-year-old Faith crying, so she went and checked on her, got her back to sleep, and when she left the room, she left the door ajar. I couldn't find a distinct time frame of when she put the kids to bed because there was a lot of contradictory information, and obviously this was a long time ago. So, like, some some sources said, like, 9, 9.30. One source said, like, 10.30 or 11. It was a Monday night. Right. So I think it was probably closer to, like, 9 or 9.30. If it was 10.30 or 11, I don't care. But I'm just saying... It doesn't really It matter. seems like based off the timeline, she put the girls to bed around 9, 9.30. A couple hours later, Faith wakes up. She goes in, comforts her, leaves the room, pulls the door, doesn't close it all the way, leaves it ajar, and then she goes back to her room, which was just across the hall, and goes back to sleep. A little after 3 a.m., Shannon woke up to what she assumed was Faith whining in her sleep. Uh, she noticed at this point that the door to the girls' bedroom was shut. But maybe she had pulled it shut. She was tired, right? She gets up to go check on them. Walks towards the door, pushes it open slightly, but she doesn't hear any noise anymore. So she's like, okay, whatever. She's like, whatever woke me up was, you know, it's peaceful now. So she just assumes the girls were sound asleep and Shannon goes back to bed herself. The next morning around 7 a.m., Shannon enters her daughter's bedroom to find that Kirsten is gone. 
taken from her bed in the middle of the night at just eight years old and never to be seen again. I hate that. I know. Shannon obviously panicked. She begins looking for Kirsten. But it's a small house. I mean, there isn't really anywhere for her to hide. Right. She checks outside the house, and that is where she finds her daughter's underwear in the yard with blood in them. Shannon, of course, calls the police to report her daughter missing immediately, and the police are there within minutes. They start searching. They start by searching the house again. But, of course, Kirsten's not there. It's a small house. There's not really anywhere for her to hide. Uh, They do, however, discover that the bedroom window is unlocked and slightly open. This is a ground-level window, and on the windowsill, there is a single drop of blood. With the underwear in the yard and the blood on the windowsill, police uh, know that this isn't a good situation, and they immediately jump into action. The FBI is called in, and police shut down the neighborhood to perform a search for 8-year-old Kirsten. After going door-to-door through the entire neighborhood, all they come up with is a few neighbors that said that they heard dogs barking just after 3 a.m., which fits the timeline, but no one has any information about where Kirsten could be or who could have taken her. Police do what they can to investigate the disappearance. They obviously they obviously start with the family, as they you know usually do. Um, there is a little bit of heat on Shannon, which I think is bullshit. Actually, kind of pisses me off. So Shannon allegedly had a history of drug use, and because of this, people were quick to blame her that something had happened to Kirsten. And Shannon said, "You know what? I did do drugs in the past, and if that makes me guilty, then I'm guilty. But like, I didn't do anything to my daughter. I have no idea where she is. Like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, like she if she'd done something to her, would she have called the police immediately at seven a.m.? Probably not. Right. I mean, I hate that, but like, that's normally where the police start. Yeah. It just really sucks. Like, she's looking for her daughter, and mm-hmm. she's clearly very upset that her daughter is gone. And immediately, they're like, "Oh, you had something to do." With it. Mm-hmm. Like, it sucks for her. Like, it makes sense, but it still sucks. It does. So, after just a few months, there's no leads in the case, and it's going cold quickly. By July of 1997, it seemed new information had dried up, and they didn't have any suspects. Hmm. So, May, she went missing? Yeah, that's fast. Was it May or March? May, yeah, May 19th. May 19th, she was missing, and by July, they're like, yeah, we don't have anything. Like, we have no leads. Oh, we got some dogs barking in the neighborhood, that's all they got. And some blood on the window. And some blood on the window. But it's 1997. What are they going to do with blood on the window? Nothing. So, so yeah, it seemed that the new information had dried up, and they don't have any suspects. So this case would stay cold for 17 years. Can you imagine? That would be absolutely horrific. Your child goes missing in the middle of the night from their bed. You woke up because you heard them moving around. Right. You didn't go check on them. You the went guilt. back to sleep. And then you have no idea what happened to them for 17 years. I would have to be put in an insane asylum, I think. Because I would lose it. It's insane. I would have a mental break for sure. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't know how people survive losing a child. I really don't. Yeah. I, she had another kid. She had to be strong for them. I understand that. But I'm letting you know that I don't know that I could be that strong. Yeah. Like, I hate to say that, but I don't know. Like, if something would happen to one of my children, I don't know that I could push through and be, be there for the others. Like, yeah, I don't know. It makes me physically sick to my stomach to even think about that. Yeah. 17 years. She would have been 25 years old. She would have been a full ass adult. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, I hate this case. Mm hmm. I do too, but if it wasn't for this case, man, I would sleep at night. Yeah. Oh, what was that noise? I don't know. Go back to bed. 
No, I never do. I wake up, even if I don't hear noise, though. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, if I just wake up. If I just randomly wake up, I'm like, oh, no, somebody's in my house. I got to get up. Somebody's taking one of my kids out the window. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't have a kid to go out the window, but. And I think that this is also the reason why Dad put those windows in my house when we redid the windows. Probably. (laughs) Because he knows how worried I am about my windows being left unlocked. So when we renovated the house that we live in, my dad had to order the windows for us. And he got windows that have like little stoppers on them. So they can only be opened so much. So that way, um, yeah, I always have those open. So they can literally only be opened like two inches. Right. It's like a little storm stopper or whatever to keep them from being opened. Uh, I mean, I would assume with enough force you can still break through them. Probably. But, but it would make noise. Right. So, yeah. But he was really proud of himself when he got me. He's like, yeah, look at these little things. And he like showed me and I was like, yes, you're the best. Yeah. So, because my kids are really bad about opening the windows and not locking them back. Right. And we live on in a single level home. So, I mean, yeah, I'm terrified of someone coming through my window. Right. So, they regularly play uh, McDonald's drive-thru on the front porch <laughs> and like leave that window <laughs> I have to check that window. I mean, daily because they open that window. And like also the girl's window is like a big sliding window. It like slides, you know, back and forth, not up and down. And they really love to like open that window and look out in the yard. And like all the time I go in there and I'm like, why is this window wide open? Right. So yeah, this case right here. This is why I have those fancy little locks on my windows built in. And also why I check my windows. Like Jacob gets annoyed with me because I check them like every other night. I like go through, I check every single window in the whole house. I'm like, is this one, you know? And it's very often I find them unlocked. Yeah, sometimes I don't before I go to bed. But if I wake up in the middle of the night, I do. No, I check them before I go to bed most nights. Check the doors. I check all the alarms on all my doors. Check all my windows. Yes. Right. To ensure that nobody's coming in my home. Uh, But, you know, and a lot of times there's a window unlocked. But when I locked myself out of the house a week and a half ago, not a single window was unlocked. Of course not. <laughs> so then I had to break in. And also, uh, if you don't have deadbolts, get deadbolts. Because it was entirely too easy for me to break into my home. Yeah. With no deadbolt. I mean, I have a deadbolt, but like it wasn't locked. Because I just had locked the handle and pulled it shut. So if you don't have a deadbolt on your home, please put a deadbolt on your home. It literally took me two seconds with a MVP card from Food Lion to yeah. break into my home. Yeah. It's really easy. It was nothing. It was, I mean, it's kind of terrifying. Because even has like weather and it didn't and make stuff. a lot of noise. I mean, I I wasn't inside to hear it. I wasn't like laying in my bed, but I mean, no, it was just like a yeah. little click, and that was it. And it was super easy. So if you don't have deadbolts, get deadbolts. Yeah, please. That's like in the mornings, like that Tyler works and I don't. He leaves and he just like locks the bottom lock, mm-hmm. like the little door handle lock, and doesn't lock the deadbolt, and then like leaves me in bed sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please lock the deadbolt when you leave. Yeah. And he's like, well, I lock the handle. Okay, and that does nothing for me. That's one thing that Jacob does, too. Lock the deadbolt? He locks the deadbolt every morning when he leaves us. That's because good. he leaves, obviously, I'm, I'm not getting up when he leaves for work. So. Well, it's only one day that Tyler leaves. No, Jacob does it every day. Still sleeping. He pulls the door handle, and he locks it with the deadbolt. Yeah, good. With his key, so. Tyler used to, but then not living in an apartment ruined him. Why? Because he used to it every day when we lived in an apartment, yeah. and now he doesn't. Because he just thinks, oh, we live in a safe neighborhood. Okay, but also you don't have keys on your key ring. Yes, we do. Oh, you do now? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch- 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 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Anyway, back to the case. Yeah, not important for our lives. No, went on a tangent. Okay. So anyway, in 2014, a tip was called in about a journal that had been found in Jones, Oklahoma. The journal contained a detailed account of what happened to, to Kirsten. It's not a lot of information on the journal. I think they just didn't release it because it was key evidence in the case. Right. Makes sense. Um, so this journal contains, oh, I already said that. This journal contains a detailed account of what happened. So police sent a detective out to investigate this lead, and this lights a little fire back into this very, very cold case. So Detective Daryl Miller is assigned to Kirsten Hatfield's missing persons case in June of 2014. And pretty quickly, Detective Miller starts to go back through the evidence that they, you know, have. It's not much, but they got some stuff. And he discovers something that's kind of infuriating to me. Okay. Um, the blood sample that was on the windowsill, mm-hmm. as well as the blood that were in uh, Kirsten's underwear, uh, they were never tested for DNA. Okay. So some things said they were never tested. Some things said they were tested. It came back inconclusive. Either way, it's been 17 years. They could have retested. They should have retested. So I think that we should come up with, I don't know, a, some sort of a policy, like a petition. We need to do something because it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, after so many years. Yes. Whatever evidence needs to be retested. Like, when you have a cold case, like, the evidence should be retested every so many years. I agree. Especially with, you know, the technological advances that we have. I mean, this was 17 years. It was 1997, and now it's 2014. Right. We have Big made differences. huge strides in DNA testing in that time. Why yeah. was that DNA never tested again? Yeah. I and know. I'm not saying retest every year, but I mean... Every... Every Three, five? Five? Yeah, I mean, whatever. But it needs to be retested. Like, that needs to be a policy that is taking place... Always. I agree. Like, we know that DNA testing was nothing like it was, you know, like, now versus then. And it's a common occurrence that we have these cold cases that they're like, oh, let's take a look. Let's test the DNA. We solved it in a day because they retested the DNA. Right. Like, why is that not just common practice that we're not looking at these cold cases from the 80s, 90s, and testing what DNA we do have? Yeah. I don't understand. I wish I knew. I don't either. So, anyway, now that Detective Miller has a DNA profile, thanks to help from the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation, he gets back out there and starts re-interviewing people. So, he essentially just heads back to that same neighborhood where uh, Kirsten went missing and goes door-to-door again, trying to see if he can find anyone that lived there back in 1997 who can maybe help him. So, while he's there, he's like, oh, hey, you lived here in 1997? Would you mind just giving me a DNA sample? And they're all like, yeah, sure, no problem. Doesn't seem like you really got any resistance on that. Essentially, everyone he interviewed, he was like, can I get some DNA? Swabbed their cheeks. What about his day? Okay. And in 2015, he got a match. This match was one in 293 sextillion. I don't know what a sextillion is, but... Uh, it sounds small. I would say it's pretty good odds that whoever this DNA belongs to is uh, the person that more than likely took Kirsten on that night. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I thought it was interesting because it was a sextillion, so I added that in there. Okay. <laughs> So this DNA belonged to a man who lived just two houses down from Kirsten back in 1997, and he still lived in that house in 2015, hmm. which I also kind of thought was kind of crazy, the amount of people, because it seems like he found quite a few people that lived in the neighborhood. That lived there then? That still lived there. Like, that's kind of crazy. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, how long have mom and dad owned their house? <sighs> 20 years. Same thing. I know, but how many people in this neighborhood have owned their house for 20 years? It just seems like there were quite a few. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, obviously, you're going to find one or two, but like... How many people? Yeah, I don't know. Own their house for twenty years. I don't know. I mean, 
There's definitely people in this neighborhood, but I would say I don't, a majority of them are not the same right, people. These people are like a rotating door. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And I meet even that house. I'm like pointing. They have no idea where I'm pointing. But even <laughs> that house over there, I mean, since mom and dad have lived here, it's had three. Yeah, three. Like three people that have lived in it. That's what I'm saying. Like the next house, revolving door. The next house, I mean, has had uh, quite a few people in it in that time frame. The next house is a rental, revolving door. The next house is a rental, revolving door. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I just think it was kind of crazy how many people still lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying it's unheard of because, I mean, yeah, obviously there's going to be people. And there's people in this neighborhood that have lived here for 20, 30 years. I mean, not 30, I guess, since the houses were built. Right. But Well, they were built 30 years ago. They were built in the 90s. I know they were built in the 90s. But they were built in, like, 96. So that's not 30 years. That's 27 years. Close enough. Don't bucket me. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was interesting. So, um, this is a man that investigators have spoke to numerous times over the years. On the night of Kirsten's disappearance, he had said that he was home, so that was his alibi. So, he was home I, alone. Uh huh. He was home alone. Yes. Okay. Good alibi. Okay, so I wanted to see what your opinion was on. Okay, so I listened to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, which is a podcast, I think, on just, like, Oklahoma murders. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, what a great alibi. What a shitty alibi. And obviously, this person is more than likely guilty. So I'm not trying to defend him. But what other alibi are you going to have at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Monday? You wouldn't. Right, like, they were the same way, though. Like, you're like, oh, what a great alibi. And that's, that's what well, they said. it's just not. Like, it's not a good alibi. I mean, it's not, but what other alibi would you have? I don't know. Someone in your house that could cooperate that story. But he's a single person. Well, like that sucks for him. I mean, I agree, but I'm just saying that, um, especially, like, if you're claiming that you're innocent. Like, if somebody came to my house and they're like, hey, you're murder, you're murder. Your neighbor got murdered yesterday at 4 a.m. What were you doing? I was fucking sleeping. Right. Like four o'clock in the morning. I mean, any day of the week, especially on a Monday, but any given day of the week, three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be asleep. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to have an alibi. So to me, I figured you would probably have that same response, but I was like, I mean, what other alibi is there? No, there's not. I would be more concerned if he had said, oh, three o'clock in the morning, I was running. I went for a run and I was, you know, ran down to the gas station and picked up a soda. Like I would be more concerned if he actually had something he was doing at three o'clock in the morning. Because to me, that would just show he was trying to hide something. I mean, unless people actually saw him there. I mean, I understand that, but I'm just saying I feel like he would have, like, went to go do something intentionally to give himself an uh, alibi. Maybe. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know. I just feel like it was just funny that you had the same reaction they had because I literally put it in here to talk about it because I felt like you were going to have the same reaction. Well, I'm just saying it's a bad alibi. Not I, that he should have a different alibi, but I mean, it's a bad alibi. It's I not agree. really an alibi. Right. I agree, but I just don't think there's any other alibi to have. But if someone came to me, if the cops came to me tomorrow and were like, hey, what were you doing last week? Sitting on my couch. Exactly. What were you doing yesterday? Sitting on my couch. What right. were you doing? Sitting on my couch. Like I don't go do things, so I would never have an alibi. Right. I agree. It's kind of terrifying. Maybe I, mean, I should be I, more doing things. I ram the roads, so. Yeah, I don't. I have alibis. I'm a homebody. I like to sit at my house. I also like to stay at home, but this is the issue that I have. I also, I would love to just lay in my bed all day and go nowhere. The problem is, is that when I stay home, my children destroy my house. So if I can get them out of the house, it's a better day. Yeah, I could see that. So, you know, there's sometimes where they're just like making messes. And I'm like, let's go get a drink. Just get them out of the house because I'm just redirecting them. Like... Go to the gas station, get a drink. When we get back, maybe they won't make masses anymore. Maybe they'll be tired out from that little outing to the gas station. They'll sit on the couch and watch TV. Go outside and play. I don't know. Something. Take a bath. 
That's what, you know, you guys all make fun of me because you're like, your kids bathe like 10 times a day. It occupies them. They love water. They love to take baths. Except for the little one. She no, hates water. little one. She likes to sit in the bath, though. She'll sit in the bath and play with the rest. like shallow water. Yes. But I'm just saying it occupies them, so I'm out a lot. Dad makes fun of me, but you know what, Dad? If I get accused of murder, I have an alibi. Yeah. Because I'm always out without receipts. So, just saying. <laughs> you and Dad, your homebodies, if you get accused of murders, yeah. ain't got no alibi. What's Dad's alibi? I was sitting at the bar under the house. <laughs> like My phone location would show that. Yeah. And it would show me watching TikToks on my phone. Mm, that's kind of a shitty alibi, though. What if you just left your phone here and give someone to watch TikToks? Yeah, that's true. I got solid surveillance of me <laughs> at the gas station <laughs> with my kids. I've got my ring doorbell footage of me leaving my house. Yeah. So I'm just saying, pays to ram the roads, Dad. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about us. We're talking about this man. Okay. So the DNA that they found uh, belonged to a man named Anthony Palma also known as Uncle Tony, around the neighborhood because he just loved to hang out with the kids. Oh, yeah. So by October of 2015, an arrest warrant had been issued for Anthony Palma, and he's taken in on kidnapping as well as murder charges. Um, His trial would not start for two years, though, uh, not until October of 2017. So at the trial, the state ends up bringing in three women to testify against Anthony Palma. And this also kind of infuriates me. Not that I'm victim blaming, but like this just kind of infuriates me that they're able to find these three women, right? So the first woman claims that Anthony Palma entered her bedroom through her window when she was eight years old and touched her inappropriately. Okay. She was riddled with guilt because she never reported it. uh, And she only came forward because she saw Anthony's picture on the news for his arrest for the murder of Kirsten Hatfield. Her situation happened before Kirsten's. So, obviously, she feels guilty because she didn't report it. And then, you know, which she was an eight-year-old little girl. So, again, not victim-blaming, but, like, how infuriating is that? Yeah, that is. Because if she had told somebody, he would have been more than likely in prison. Right. And not. Right. I mean, it's infuriating for the case. But, right. like. Right. But I don't blame her. I don't blame her. It's, I mean, understandable. Uh, the next woman. Uh, rented a garage apartment to Anthony back in 1982 and claims that he attacked her in her bedroom. She said that she thought he was going to murder her. He beat her and assaulted her. Anthony was 23 years old at the time. And he did actually do jail time for this. It's on his record. Okay. Well, that one was reported. That's so good. he has a record of violence. And yet when Kirsten went missing, they didn't look into him at all. Right. So I will give police a little bit of slack on that, though, because if you pull his record... From the Oklahoma Department of Corrections. Um, He was charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon. And he did five years. So there's no sexual charges listed at all. Right. Um, And based off of like the sentence, like the time he's spending, it doesn't really look like it's a really like a very big, I don't want to say like not a big deal because it's a big deal. It was assault with a deadly weapon. But it just looks like it's like a minor. Right. But like they can have those records. Right. It just doesn't look like they looked. Right. But if you pull it up, I mean, it just shows assault and battery with a deadly weapon. And he was given, he was sentenced to five years. And he served the full five years. So, again, there's no sexual charges linked to that. Um, and more than likely, it's because he took a deal. Right. You know, like they more than likely offered him a deal because it does seem like that was his first offense. Also, this was an adult, not a child. So, again, like when you're looking at it just preliminarily, Right. It doesn't look like it could be connected. I do think they probably should have looked a little more into it, though, if you have a violent criminal living two doors, two doors, two houses down right. from 
You should where have. Where Little yeah. Girl went missing. Um, and then the third woman claimed Anthony was a friend of her family's and that as a teenager, Anthony drugged her and sexually assaulted her. She said that when she woke up, she was in her underwear and Anthony was standing over her. Uh, and this was in 1999. So two years after Kirsten went missing. So he didn't stop after Kirsten either. Right. As far as the trial goes, it doesn't really seem like there was much of a defense at all. So did that last one, did they report it? No. Okay. Nope. It doesn't seem that they did. Okay. And by not reporting it, I mean, the first little girl, like, when she was a little girl, like, she said like, she didn't tell anybody. I don't know if this third teenage girl told anyone. Um, It was a friend of her family's. So she could have told someone, and they just were like, oh, yeah, whatever, you're full of it, because it was a friend. Right. Not believed her. Uh, right. So I don't know. Again, I don't think it's any of the victims' fault. I'm not blaming okay. any of them. I'm not either. I was just asking. Yeah, it doesn't seem... No, it doesn't seem that she reported it. He didn't do any jail time for that. Literally, his record is that charge... From the woman in 1982. And then that's it. Like, that's the only priors he has. That's the only thing. I pulled them up on the okay. Oklahoma criminal database. Um, for anyone that cares, you can do that in just about any state. Right. If you, you just got to Google it. You just have to Google. Sometimes they're a little harder to find in certain states. Oklahoma's a little bit harder to find, but I found it. Good job. Um, yeah. So, and then also I kept spelling his name wrong. It was kind of hard to find him, but I did. <laughs> I kept putting in Anthony Palmer. That's not his name. It's Anthony Palma. P-A-L-M-A. So anyway, it doesn't seem like there's really much of a defense at all. Uh, they really just kind of focused on maintaining his innocence, like he wasn't there. They said that it could have been police error that his DNA was in her underwear. I don't see that, but okay. Um, it really just doesn't seem like, I don't know, maybe he had court appointed. It doesn't seem like they tried very hard to like, get him off on these charges. So after a quick trial and just an hour of deliberation from the jury, Anthony Palma was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Okay, good. Yeah, that is good. Is that all? No. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I want to see if you thought that was all. I mean, by your little smirk that you had? No, I didn't think that was all. I'm not smirking. Don't tell the people I'm smirking. They might think that I'm like a heartless bitch Okay, for I'm my sorry. smirk. <sighs> Shitty didn't grin. How is that better? I mean, even a shit-eating grin might not be good. Depends on your feelings of what happens to trash bags. So, in January of 2019, Anthony Palma was attacked inside of his cell and murdered by his bunkmate. He died of blunt force trauma to the head, as well as having ligature marks on his neck from strangulation. I mean, unfortunately, that's usually what happens to criminals who do things to children in prison. Is that unfortunate, though? I mean... That's what I'm saying. It depends on how you feel about that. Right. So he never gave up her body. He still, like, he would not tell anyone where her body was. To me, like, that's just straight up freaking trash bag. Yeah, it is. Especially considering he's like, oh, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything. You have three other women on the stand that are saying you did similar things to them. Right. Like, I just don't feel like you can maintain your innocence when you have multiple other women saying you did the exact same thing. You have another girl who was eight years old. You went into her bedroom and right. sexually assaulted her. Right. The same exact thing that you did. And your DNA was found on her underwear. Why else would it be there? Right. And exactly. on her window. Exactly. And what happened? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. And I hate to like go into like gory, disgusting details. But what happened more than likely is he did sexually assault her in her home. And then when the mother woke up, he freaked out. And that's why he took her. Right. He probably, I mean, honestly, was he going to kill her? Maybe not. Maybe he was just going to break in and sexually assault her like he did the other girl. Right. But then her mother woke up and he took her out with him and killed her. I mean, obviously, because we have no body, so we don't know. But I mean, where the heck else would she be? Right. But like, you don't even have the decency to tell us where her body is. Right. I mean, not we, because, I mean, obviously it doesn't matter to me, but, like, her freaking poor mother. Yeah. Like, tell her mother where her daughter is. You trash. Absolute trash. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, now he's dead, so we're never going to know. I might be getting this confused with another, but didn't it, wasn't it that, like, he did work on their house or something? Yeah, so I found, uh, there's just a lot of contradictory information on that. Okay. So there was, like, <laughs> something said that he, like, mowed their, like, he was, like, mowed their yard. So, I mean, yeah. Like, there were some things that said, like, he did, like, yard work for them, like, did work around their house. But then, also, he claimed not to know them at all. Okay. So. I mean, I don't think that's why there was blood in her room. But I remember, I've heard this case many times, and mm -hmm. I remember that was one of. Right. And I mean, it very well could be. His defenses was that his blood was in a room because he did work in a room. Yeah, I mean, that work could. work in the house. That could possibly be it. But, again, I didn't put that in there because it was just kind of contradictory. Like, it said that. Um, I don't know. Because I, in one of the articles I read, it said that he claimed not to know the family at all. Right. So, like, if that was his defense, that wouldn't make sense. Right, yeah. So, it's possible, but... um, But probably not, because he doesn't explain his blood in her underwear. Right. No, doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Or his DNA in her underwear. Because it didn't necessarily even say it was his blood in his... In, it Could was, have been her blood in the underwear. Right. But his DNA was with her blood. Like, but it was underwear. his blood in the room, right? Yes. So, yeah, and that other poor little girl, like, was in the same bed mm -hmm. and didn't know what happened. She ha must have a lot of guilt too. Like, that would just be horrible. Yeah, but she's th she was three. I mean, well, obviously, I'm it sure wasn't her fault at all. I'm not blaming her. I'm, just I'm sure that she probably does have guilt now, like as an adult. But like, she was three years old. Right. I mean, there's nothing she could have done. I'm sure. No. no. But and that's why children are such easy targets, and so I have to protect your children because they can't fight back. I mean, right. the likelihood of finding a child alive after being taken. I mean, is significantly lower than an adult because they can't fight back. Right. They're small and they're, I mean, they're very easily overpowered by an adult. Right. And that's why they're easy targets. And that's why there are disgusting people in the world who target them. Yeah. And that's why you have to, I mean, watch your children and talk to your children and make sure that they know that there's monsters in the world. Right. Like they shouldn't have to know that, but they have to. They shouldn't have to know that, but they do. I mean, they have to, unfortunately. It's a sick world that we live in. Like, yeah, for this is. exact reason. So, um, I just wanted to, like, leave off. It's not really, like, a lighter note. But, like, I did find some uh, interviews with Shannon, uh, as well as um, Shannon ended up getting married uh, about two years after Kirsten's disappearance to a man named Chris Hazen. And he actually ended up adopting Faith, like, as his own. Uh, so, I found an interview with him. So in this interview with Chris Hazen back in 2015, he said, I've always felt like if Kirsten would have been here, I would have adopted her too. So I consider her my daughter too. We want to tell you all that our family is hopeful. We want to take this opportunity to let all of our family and friends know that we are okay and please continue to pray for us. So I thought that, you know, like that was kind of a nice little light at the end of the tunnel that like, you know, Shannon did find someone who seems loves her, you know, took faith loves in her as his own. He didn't even know Kirsten. And, like, it seems like he genuinely cares about her. Right. Um, and then I also found a news article from 2019. It was three days after Anthony Palma was murdered in prison. And this was an interview with Shannon. And Shannon said, I've been praying for Anthony Palma for a very long time now. Even before. Back since he was nameless and faceless. Obviously, it just came with a lot of emotions. Just a ton of emotions and a ton of questions. I'm not celebrating Anthony Palma's murder. I'm not celebrating that, and I'm actually praying for his family. I'm just not going to give up hope that because he's gone means that we are not going to get answers. That's a really much better thing than I would ever do. 
that's exactly what I said while I was doing this. I was actually talking to mom and I was like, I don't know how these people like forgive people. Yeah. Like he was a horrible monster and she has grace. Yep. He's a horrible monster. He murdered her daughter, murdered her little girl. And she's praying, has been praying for him for years. And I'm just like, man. Right. And like good things, praying good things. Right. Cause I would not be praying good things. No, me either. I mean, I would like to think that I would, but I, I I'm not even going to pretend I would. Like, I'm not even going to pretend to think that I would. Yeah, I'm. That's she, why I wanted to include it, person. though. I wanted to include it because I was like, you know what? Shannon is a class act because I, it's all the time, though, that these parents are like, I forgive the man who murdered my children. And like. Right. I can't fathom being that kind of person. Yeah, me either. I like to think that I'm a decent human being. There's a difference between being a decent human being and being. An amazing human. And being an angel. Yeah, like an amazing human. Because I'm not an amazing human. Yeah. I would like to think that I have it in me to do that, but I just don't think I do. I I know I don't. I'm not even going to think I have it, because I know I don't. I don't think I have it. I'm saying that I think I would like to think that I would. I'm not even going to pretend that I would like to think it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, it's not there. (laughs) I know it. It's not there. Yeah. That poor family. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. So, lesson here. If you wake up in the middle of the night, go check your whole house and be a freak like me and Sarah. Yeah, for sure. Like me in the pool the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Ashley's Um, pool finally opened. Did we tell him that yet? I don't know. Finally got your freaking pool open. I don't know. Months, Months in progress. Finally got the pool open. So, Sarah came after she went to the fair the other day where her husband won her a stupid alien. She brought this alien to the pool because he's, like, inflatable. So, I told her, please take that stupid alien home. Did she? No. I don't so, want the alien. Well, I don't want the alien. It's your alien. I didn't want the alien. It's your alien. I never would have picked the alien as okay. my prize. Well, you... I hate big inflatable things. Take it. Me too. Okay, mm-hmm. well, it's going to be gone the next time you come here. Everyone loves it at the pool. I don't. My God, you're so dramatic. I didn't take the alien and actually woke up in the middle of the night and looked out the pool and there was a dead body like next to a pool. But it was just the inflatable <laughs> alien. I don't know why you thought it was a, a dead body. The head is the size of a freaking Because I watermelon. was sleepy. That's a huge ass head. Yeah, it is a huge ass head. But from up here, it didn't look that big. From up on my house, looking down at the pool, I thought it was a person and I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> You're so dramatic. I oh almost gosh. went and woke Tyler up to go kill the person. Well, if they were laying by your pool, they were probably dead. Yeah, kill the person that killed them. Okay, <laughs> we only saw the dead person. <laughs> and also, who would be laying dead by your pool? I don't know. Like, it's just, you're a weirdo. I can't deal with you. The creepy person that opened my front door. Oh, my God, Ashley. The creepy person that opened your front door would be dead by your pool. No, but he could have killed the other person. But why would there be another person for know. him to kill by the pool? That's what Maybe I'm saying. Maybe Sterling chasing him around with his machete. Oh, and you think Sterling's laying dead by the pool? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it was not a fun time. So, the aliens gotta go. Yeah. They're fine. No. It's in a stack. You can't even... I mean... I don't know. I'm literally looking at it right now. I don't know how you thought that was a normal size head. <laughs> like, I'm literally looking at it next to the pool, laying by the Because pool. it was like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was tired. Okay. And you woke me up from sleep. Or not you, but Not something. to mention the body is the size of a child, and the head is the size of a fucking watermelon. <laughs> so, again. It doesn't matter. I don't see how that would happen. Out. Anyway, they don't care about your pool. No, they don't. Um, they do care. <laughs> okay. Ashley and I got into a whole fight yesterday because she just kept telling me how none of you cared about me. <laughs> okay, but tell them why. 
What did you want to do? Oh my God. We were getting ready for our Zoom call and we were going to get ourselves a cake. I already told the people on the Zoom call. So if you guys, you can just peace out at this point. You don't need to listen to me again. Um, we were getting ourselves a cake. And I was like, ooh, should we get cupcakes so that I can show them how I can eat a, one cupcake, like a whole cupcake in one bite? And I was like, nobody wants to see that. Nobody cares. Because it's gross. Okay, but that doesn't matter. The point is, is it was built up because literally every time I say like, oh, I wonder, I'm going to say this on the podcast. And she's like, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about you. Literally, no one cares. Okay, because we're here for the cases and the victims. Okay, but as I've told you before, true crime podcasts are a dime a dozen. If they did not like us, they would not be here. I just feel like people don't like me, so therefore they don't like you either. I'm a really lovable person. Okay. (laughs) That's not true. It's not true. I've been told my face is punchable for no reason. <laughs> um, I've been told I'm annoying. Whatever. But you You're know unkept. what? I'm unkept. Yeah. I've been told a lot of things. Do I own a hairbrush? Like, I've been told a lot of rude things in my life. But the thing is, as I've told you before, there was like that thing I shared, remember? Or I told you about. Did I share it or tell you about it? And it was like um, how I overcompensate because I don't want to annoy people. Right. With being funny. Yes. So it makes me more likable. Because, okay. I mean, contrary to what anyone wants to say, I'm fucking funny. You're kind of funny. I'm freaking hilarious, Ashley. You laugh at me all the time. Because I am funny. I overcompensate because I'm concerned that people don't like me and that they'll find me annoying. So to compensate for that, I became the funny one. I don't think you're the funny one. I, just I don't mean between funny. you and I. I'm saying, like, in my group of peers as a <laughs> child. Like, as we weren't. I'm saying, like, in school and, like, as, you know. Out of all the 10-year-olds, I was like, I'm going to be the funny one. Okay. That's what I meant. Not out of you and I. Okay. I think you're almost as funny as me. (laughs) You're such an ass. (laughs) Okay, anyways, let's stop talking about us. Okay. Is that all for your case? Yeah, my case is over. Oh, okay. That's why I was talking about us. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue talking about us then, I guess. No, it's okay. We're good. So, yeah, horrible case. Yeah, it's a horrible case, though, for sure. Didn't want to hear it. I'm sorry, but it was on my docket i had to do it oh, okay you had to yeah i have a running list of cases it was on there i had to do it i have another one i've been putting off because it's really disgusting well let's not do it then have to it's on my docket it's a race kirsten hatfield for my docket okay good job i don't have one of those um i have velma garfield on here remember i was gonna do velma garfield a year ago no, I don't remember that. Is. Yeah, she's, like, the first woman to get, like, the death penalty. Oh, yeah. After they, like, redid it or something. I don't know. But, like, I, that was one of my first cases I was ever going to do. It's still on here. <laughs> you should do it. Doesn't intrigue me enough. Gotta get in the mood for it. It's a lot of research. Okay. I don't mind researching. I just, sometimes, I just get a little bored. So I have to have, like, some excitement to, like, keep me entertained. Okay. I mean, I don't mind doing... Okay, so, like, when I did Heidi Allen, like, Heidi Allen was very much, like, research. Like, I read books and, like, articles and, you know, like, that was a lot of research. But, like, that case was really interesting to me, so I didn't mind it. But, like, when I'm doing other cases that aren't quite as interesting, I just sometimes I get a little bored when it's just, like, books and reading and, you know. Like, so if it's something that I'm just not, like, super enthralled in, then I need... A dateline or a some sort of a documentary yeah like something i can watch or listen to because i just don't like to um i do better listening yeah an audiobook i mean i don't mind an audiobook but i don't know i don't mind sitting down and reading i love to read i just don't like to read when it bores me 
And what I found about Velma Garfield is she's a little boring. That's not very nice, Sarah. She's a murderer. Oh, okay. I thought she was the victim. No! She got the death penalty for murdering oh, people. Okay. okay, I'm sorry. I was a little lost there. Yeah. No, she's not the victim. She's a murderer. Okay. Yeah, so. All right, well, I believe that's all. That's all we got, folks. That's all, folks. Ba-da, that's all, folks. If you say so. I am funny. People laugh at me all the time. I just have a very dry sense of humor. It's true. It is true. Very dry. And a lot of times people don't realize I'm joking with them. That's the beauty of a dry sense of humor, though. Yeah. Because I can tell them, like, yeah, I really don't like you. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so funny. I'm like, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, no, I do that, too. Like, no, really. It happens a lot. Not so much now that I don't work out in the world. But when I used to, like, work out in the world, I would, like, tell my coworkers that I didn't like them. And they would be like, oh, my gosh, you're hilarious. No. <laughs> why Why are you so mean to me? I'm. You just annoy me because you breathe. Funny. No. So, anyway. <laughs> is what it is. Anyway. Alright, well, let's peace on out of here. Peace and out. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers. Starting at just a measly $3 a month, that's literally 10 cents a day, you can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora, they finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Ba-dum. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.